January 13th, 2022, this is FOMO's a Mofo, a video game collecting podcast. I am your host, Blue Swim, and coming up on today's debut episode, a new Assassin's Creed announcement, Arcade 1-Up going pro with a new high-end cabinet, and a surprise stealth drop of a Neo Geo Pocket Classic. I'll also be running down this week's most noteworthy digital deals on the Nintendo Switch eShop. All that plus new releases, collecting news, and the must-have title of the week. Oh, and pickups as well. It wouldn't be a video game collecting podcast without pickups now, would it? Welcome, welcome to my debut podcast. And this is going to be a little bit of a learning experience for me. Even though I have done podcasts for quite a few years, it's also been quite a few years since the last podcast I did. So if things are a little bit rough around the edges, the editing's not 100% perfect, bear with me. It's going to get better, I promise. But, um... Basically, the mission of this show is to help you, the listener, in all aspects of game collecting. Bargain hunting, new releases, collecting news, which will be the first uh, talking point in just a moment. But, um, yeah, basically, I want to share my knowledge of game collecting with all of you out there, because I've seen a lot, I've played a lot, I keep my ear to the ground pretty well, and still some things end up surprising me. Uh, You'll see a game in one of the new releases that I talk about, um, where that was exactly the case. I did not know it until it was already out. I didn't know it was even a thing. But yeah, let's let's get started with collecting news. And as I teach, uh, as I teased, excuse me, um, in the uh, intro... There has been a new Assassin's Creed announcement, that being Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, for the Nintendo Switch, this being the third compilation of Assassin's Creed games on the Switch. And this one compiles Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations. Now, as usual with some of these compilations on the Switch that get a physical release, only Assassin's Creed 2 is going to be on the cart, Brotherhood and Revelations will both be digital downloads, weighing in at a whopping 35 gigabytes. So, uh, yeah, you might need to make some room for that one. Uh, Fortunately, like with the other two compilations, uh, this is launching for only $39.99. Not terrible. Certainly not unreasonable, considering how much mileage you can get out of the Assassin's Creed games. And it's going to be hitting next month, too, uh, on February 17th. Next up, we have some new arcade cabinets from Arcade 1-Up. Now, now I love Arcade 1-Up, as you're going to find out when we get to pickups. Um, and these new cabinet announcements are a little bit a little bit familiar for the most part. The first one is going to be a Legacy Mortal Kombat 1 cabinet. And, of course, we got legacy mortal kombat 2 and then the original launch of mortal kombat 2 which i uh, did pick up at launch and it's great cabinet too 
Um, you also have uh, Legacy Pac-Mania and Legacy Centipede, and those are all going to have themed risers that go along with it. And unlike with like the uh, original Mortal Kombat 2 launch, these are going to have 14 games apiece, I believe, instead of just three or four, depending on which cabinet you got. And there's some com uh, concern amongst the community about the Centipede cabinet in particular, because when the original Centipede cabinet came out, which I also have in my Arcade 1-Up collection, thanks to Walmart and 75% off clearance, <laughs> clearance stickers, um, yeah, I, I, I still can't get over that deal, and it's been years. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, when that cabinet came out, it was a vertical-oriented uh, screen with that. And basically, imagine like a 4-3 monitor, you turn it turn it vertical like for a shmup or whatever. And um, that's how Centipede looked back in the day, and that's how it pretty much looks on the arcade 1-Up. Uh, but with this new one, it appears that the screen is possibly going to be oriented uh, like in the traditional horizontal 4-3 regular uh, perspective. And some people are worried that it's going to mean stretching for, uh, like, Centipede. Like like I said, it was a, that's a vertical game. It's going to look a little bit a little bit smaller than it probably would have on maybe the original. Not 100% certain about that. A lot of this is, like, speculation from the community just looking at the pictures. Yeah, there's... Um, like I said, 14, ga 14 games with all of them. Uh, no price announced yet, but I believe there is online support, possibly for either multiplayer or leaderboards. I don't know if that's been officially revealed yet or uh, elaborated on. But something else that has been elaborated on is the brand new Arcade 1UP Pro series, and they are kicking it off with Killer Instinct. And this is a higher-end, I guess you'd call it top-of-the-line as, as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Arcade 1-Up release is going to stand a whopping 67.5 inches tall. And uh, it's going to have 19-inch screen instead of the 17, I believe. And with this, with this Killer Instinct cabinet, you're also going to get uh, Killer Instinct 1 and 2, as well as Battletoads in 8- and 16-bit formats, as well as the arcade version. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Suzo Hap buttons and uh, joysticks, which, in, when you have a fighting game, you're going to want pretty much the best sticks and buttons you can get. And personally, I'm a Sanwa kind of guy. You know, you can thank Mad Cats and their incredible Street Fighter Tournament Edition sticks for that one. Uh, but Suzo Hap, I believe, I believe I might have had those actually on my Street Fighter 15th anniversary Universal Arcade Stick that came out for the PS2 and the Xbox many, many moons ago. And we're getting up around Street Fighter's 35th anniversary. Ooh, can't believe how fast time flies. Um, but yeah, those should be very good buttons for a fighting game. And uh, let's see, upgraded speakers, upgraded lit marquee. Uh, they're doing new speaker grills for it as well. I mean, it's it's a nice-looking cabinet, but considering how much everything has gone up in price, it's like you see, uh, like, the uh, Turtles in Time arcade cabinet. And 
the new one, it, I believe it added online play, and it has like different artwork and maybe the stool with it, and it's going for I think like six ninety nine. And the original Turtles cabinet, the, the both the original arcade game and the original Turtles cabinet, as far as arcade one up goes, that launched for three ninety nine, and you know that's a pretty hefty difference. And I, I'm just I, I'm looking at these things. I'm seeing you know it's going to have uh, faux metal tea molding and a swivel stool with a backrest and anti fatigue man. I guess that goes in front of it. It's like I'm hearing all this stuff, and all I can think of is this thing is going to cost a grand. I, I just cannot imagine it being any less than that. Especially, you know, especially with the pandemic going on, which, I mean, admittedly has affected a lot of things. But I don't think I'm going to be exactly rushing out to get this one myself. I don't even know where the hell I'd put it. Uh, let's see, moving on... Uh... For the Switch Limited Run Collection, number 137, Valis the Phantasm Soldier Collection has been announced or revealed and is open for pre-orders on the Limited Run Games website. And this one includes Valis 1, 2, and 3, I believe, TurboGrafx-16 versions of these? Uh, I forgot to look that up. Um, but basically, you're only getting the first three, but if you want... To play Super Valis 4, you can, and you probably already can right this minute because it is on the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo Collection. Um, but basically, these are side-scrolling action-adventure games with, I think, some, uh, like, I guess you'd say, like, anime-style cutscenes to them. And this actually has a nice uh, special edition with it as well, or a collector's edition available for pre-order, I should say. Um, that has a double-sided poster, three pins, a PVC Valis sword keychain. I'm a sucker for keychains. I don't know what it is. Uh, three art cards, in which nice artwork on the cards from what I saw. And um, and a four-disc CD soundtrack set. And whenever I hear soundtrack CD, I just immediately just have my ears like pick up a bit. Um Let's see what else. And I guess with both the regular and standard edition, there's going to be reversible cover art that is so bad it's good. It's uh, vintage, I think it's American cover art for one of the Valis games when it came over here. And yeah, it, it looks like something off of like a 1980s hair metal uh, cover art. Uh, the regular edition is going to be $39.99, and the collector's edition is going to be a whopping $89. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I gotta tell you, I love, I love limited run games. It's like I kind of have like a love hate relationship with limited run because on the one hand you have, you know, physical releases for smaller games or more obscure games that might otherwise not have a physical release in our country. You might have to go the import route, and you never know if you're going to get English or not because it varies from release to re to release. But you know, I gotta tell you, it's you know, being a limited run supporter i guess you will it, it kind of puts you through the ringer because um uh just recently i got a six month delay on the snk neo geo pocket color special edition that i pre-ordered back in may and the original release or the original estimated release was quarter four 2021 
and now it is quarter two, 2022, so potentially a six-month delay, all because they weren't happy with the foil that was going to be used on the box of the special edition. You know, I'm a perfectionist too, but if given the choice between foil that does the job or waiting six more months for something I've already paid for just to get the really nice foil. Yeah, just just give me the cheap stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, the delays are just kind of kind of ridiculous. I mean, I can again, I can understand it to a certain degree with everything going on with the pandemic, because that's really messed up a lot of things as far as supply chain issues. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult because, you know, they are very, very slow about shipping stuff out. And it, like, for example, um, you know, the blowout sale was 10 days ago, 10 days ago today, their annual blowout sale, which ended up being an unmitigated disaster because some things went live early and you could put like 30 or 35 copies of Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, uh, in your cart. And I guess check out with a thousand dollars worth of <laughs> worth of bloodstain of course considering that goes for five it ends up being like about like five times that so it'd be like five thousand dollars worth of bloodstain curse of the moon and it's like none of their you know none of those copies were even available by the time the sale officially started and you know that's not cool dude that's not cool and when you know i've already got these orders in you know and i i you know, I spent a decent amount of money that I probably didn't need to spend right then and there. But, you know, the title of this show is FOMO's a Mofo because the fear of missing out can be a real mofo at times like this. And, um, you know, it's like these all these items are ready and waiting to be shipped out. But the orders have been unfulfilled. And apparently, you know, one order that I placed for Crisis 2, I believe, I think that might have been ready to ship out last month and it still hasn't gone out at least my copy hasn't you know i have three orders that are ready to ship or you know ready as far as their uh, product tracking goes and you know i'm waiting for them to stick it in a box and put a label on it you know and they really need to get their act together on this stuff and now they are moving to a new warehouse so I'm hoping, I'm maybe drawing my own conclusions, that when they move to this new warehouse, they're going to have more employees, more room to work with. It'll be easier for them to find and ship stuff out. I'm hoping that's the case. But if it isn't, you know, it's... I mean, it, I just... I can't go along with, you know, them spending so much money on these other unnecessary things, like a, like a retail store. I mean, what's the point of Limited Run having a retail store when... Almost everything you'd want gets cleaned out by scalpers. I mean, the day uh, on day one when they open the store is like, is there actually going to be any product left on the shelves by the time they close on the opening day? Um, you know, it's it's just kind of frustrating, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm I tolerate it. But I am developing limited patience for a limited run, I must admit. And that's one reason why I like I, I like it when Best Buy uh, picks up some limited run games. Because that way, 
I can get these things from a retailer that I trust, that I know is not going to take six months to deliver these things because I don't usually put the pre-orders up until it's relatively close to to these things going out. Or they or they're pretty good about updating when they're going to have these things out. They're pretty good about putting the product pages up relatively close to when these things are ready to roll. Um, you know, I, I just I want to see those things improved a bit because I, I like Limited Run. I love the products that they put out. But it is a chore being a fan. It's, it's like you should not have to have any apprehension about supporting a company because you're afraid you're going to get treated badly or you're going to have to, you know, wait far longer than you probably really should have to get your hands on these things. And, you know, I understand these things need to be produced, they need to be shipped, they need to be delivered, they need to be shipped out again. But, you know, at what point does it cross the line between being, you know, understandably patient and getting taken advantage of. But, anywho, moving on. Uh, the last bit of uh, last bit of collecting news is that we have a release date for Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and that release date is going to be March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. They announced it in a new trailer that went up, uh, I believe, it was today today or, or yesterday probably today or yesterday as you're listening to this depending on when it is um but um it's that that looks like it is going to be a really really neat game and kirby's one of those franchises where it's like it's been 2d for so long that it's it's like it feels like it's been way overdue for them to go 3d with it and hopefully from what i've seen of the trailer I think they're probably going to nail it the first time out. But, um, yeah, that's another another big Switch title to be looking forward to in the year of 2022. Next up, let's talk some new releases. And one new release that's going to be coming out on the 17th on the Switch eShop, and I believe PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. Uh, I'm not sure about the dates on Xbox Live. I, gra I grabbed the uh, Switch date from the eShop. But that is Shadow Man Remastered. And this is one of those uh, Nintendo 64 era games that I, n I don't believe I ever played it, but I always remembered seeing like this really neat, uh, cover art of the protagonist holding this like the skull and it, basically the game is uh, like a supernatural action game and you know it's one of those things that I, I just I never got around to playing it back then I might hopefully get around to playing it uh, when this comes out in a few days and it's only going to be 20 bucks so that's not exactly bad if you especially if you have any uh, fond memories of the original um, next up was a little bit of a surprise because uh, SNK dropped the SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash uh, from the uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color, and these are some card-based uh, games featuring the characters of SNK and Capcom, as you'd assume from the name. 
And what's different about this uh, Switch release is that it has two versions of the game. You, has the, you have the original SNK and the original Capcom version, but both of the games also have the English and Japanese versions with them as well. And each version has its own separate save file. And on top of that, if you want to trade things back and forth between like the SNK and Capcom versions, if you're trying to you know get a full deck, you can basically do it split screen, where you load up both versions with both save files, and one's on one side, the other's on the other, and you can trade things back and forth, all in one convenient screen. And uh, that's that's a really neat feature. It's probably one of those things that pokemon needs to implement if it ever comes to the switch the original pokemon i should say but uh yeah and it, and it just dropped out of nowhere now another smaller obscure title that hit the switch this week was japanese rail simp journey to kyoto and when i heard this i immediately asked uh robert desert eagle allen over at tech gaming you know is this good <laughs> uh because he's uh also a uh a train sim aficionado. And quite frankly, it's one of those things where it's like, I've always wanted to try one of these games and I had a few on the PC and I could never get them to run right because me and PC gaming mix about as well as oil and water. And, um, but basically this one is an FMV based, uh, engineering game, as you'd expect from the name Japanese real sim. And, uh, it's very, very strict about these things because over in Japan, you know, you have to be strict about these things if you are an engineer over there. You have to be on time. You have to mind the speed limits. You have to get, you know, stop the train right at the station without having to back up. And, you know, this game will grade you on these things and even you'll, you'll even flunk if you do these things wrong. So it's, you know, it's an odd, obscure, unusual title. But um, what's uh, what was a negative about the original version, from what I was talking with with Robert, um, was that I, I guess when you backed up uh, the train, it, like if you overshot the station, because it's FMV based, I, I think it would basically just rewind the video. So if, like, there's somebody walking or a bird flying by or whatever, they'd basically just kind of just fly in reverse or walk in reverse. That, that was my understanding from reading his review. And, it, again, it could be me misinterpreting things. But um, but uh, what one thing that is not so great about this is that, you know, it originally launched on the 3DS for $9.99 great price for something that's unusual obscure like this but now that it's on the switch it got a hefty upgrade in price and when i say hefty i mean it got a 40 dollar upcharge over the 3ds version it is now uh, 49.99 and i was curious about it i was interested in it but when i saw 49.99 it's like, well, I don't know if I have forty nine ninety nine want it, <laughs> but um, that's that's a disappointment. Uh, if they've improved it at all, that'd be good. I could deal with that. Um, but you know, 
that's a lot to ask for a game that does have some, at least a history of issues. The last new release I'll mention is Demon Gaze Extra for the Switch. And this was the title that I was teasing earlier where it just came out of nowhere, at least from my perspective. And I, I didn't even know it was coming until I scrolled through the eShop and saw it was sitting there just as clear as day. And uh, Demon Gaze was originally on the Vita, the late great PS Vita. And it's a dungeon-crawling JRPG. And um, it's one of those titles where, like with Shadowrun, it's like the cover art was kind of one of those things that jumped out at you if you were a Vita collector, like I was a you know, pretty dedicated Vita collector at the time. You know, for the series to come back on the Switch, it's, you know... It's a good sign for it, hopefully, and as the name Extra implies, there is a little bit extra with it, that being a uh, digital deluxe edition that's available for $5 more than the standard retail price of uh, $59.99. It's uh, $64.99 for the the, uh, complete edition, and the uh, the digital deluxe edition, which includes a complete gem set for 5 bucks extra, and... Granted, I've never played Demon Gaze. I wanted to on the Vita. I just never got around to it. Um, but that might be a pretty good way of kind of fixing that loophole because these, uh, you know, the Switch has basically become the new Vita because of, you know, the portability. You know, if if you factor in PS TV, the ability to play on TV as well. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those systems that, because of my love for the Vita, I really gravitated towards the Switch because it's been one of those systems where I I've, I dreamt about something like that as a kid. And, of course, we kind of sort of had it with the Super Game Boy back on the Super Nintendo, but it wasn't, it wasn't like this. Because the dream was always having the console games portable, not necessarily the portable games in a console. And it's just really... It's just really connected with with me and obviously about ninety million other people uh, on just such a such a fundamental level as a gamer. And um, you know, I, I just love seeing you know titles from other systems get new life on the Switch, and you know, and some t- sometimes becoming portable for the first time. You know, Demon Gaze is just one of many other titles that I hope get new life outside of the Vita. Let's talk digital deals next. First of all, eShop stuff. Many Nintendo first-party titles are on sale for 30% off or down to $41.99. Those titles being uh, ARMS, Mario Tennis Aces, Captain Toad, uh, the bundle for Captain Toad, which is actually down to thirty-two eighteen. That's again thirty percent off, I believe. Um, Super Mario Maker Two Clubhouse games, and there's actually several more that you need to check out. These are going to be on sale, I believe, through the sixteenth, and these are a part of the New Year's sale. So, might want to act fast on that if you want to get a decent deal on some first-party digital titles. 
And uh, speaking of first-party digital titles, I believe these are published by Nintendo as well, those being uh, Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2. Um, those are $34.99 each. And I have, uh, I have Builders 2, and I played the demo of it. And quite frankly, I picked the game up, the full game up later on, I want to say it was a clearance some random clearance sale I came across it on and I just haven't gotten around to trying it at all but what I played I liked yeah I believe it had that you know kind of a minecrafty look to it minecraft meets retro nes gaming or something like that so 34.99 each for those isn't bad because you can probably get some pretty decent mileage out of those and another game that has been on sale at this price at least once or twice in the last few months is uh, Doom Eternal at twenty three ninety nine, and I finished up uh, Doom twenty sixteen on the Switch about this time last year. I think it was actually the first game I beat last year. I want to say it was like January first I beat that. <laughs> like I was trying to marathon it for it to be the last game I beat that year, and I just ended up doing it as the first game for the next year. And um. You know, if it runs anywhere near as as well as uh, Doom 2016 did on the Switch, then it's absolutely worth $23.99. And um, I think there's also some DLC available for that. I'm not sure if it's on sale or not. But um, another game with DLC that uh, is also a very cheap price is Taiko no Tatsujin, Drum and Fun. And this is basically what the U.S. got on the PS2 as uh, Taiko Drum Master. A new version of that, and um, that's only nine ninety nine. And so, and, and the thing about Bandai Namco or Namco Bandai or however the order of that name goes, depending on what you're talking about, um, is that these sales usually kind of repeat themselves every like two to three months. It's like you'll see the same things drop to the same price over and over again. It's actually kind of like that a lot on the eShop in general. That's one of the bad things about it, but it's also kind of one of the good things because, you know, it's not that if if you get this thing on sale, it's probably not going to drop too much more if it's been out for a while. Um, Since they seem to stick pretty, you know, pretty tight to the uh, routine on that. But, um... Yeah, that's that's one title that I haven't gotten around to picking up yet that I've heard good things about. Uh, you know, it always seems to sell pretty well when it's on sale. Um, but uh, I actually tried um, the uh, Taiko no Tatsujin game on uh, iOS, on uh, Apple Arcade. And it kind of surprised me because, uh, you know, I'm a big baby metal fan. If, if you're familiar with me from social media or other podcasts you know i'm a huge baby metal fan they're my favorite band and i was surprised when i loaded up the ios game and they actually had gimme chocolate in there a cover of gimme chocolate because whenever they do these uh these taiko drum master games they usually use a cover version of it i don't know that they've ever (laughs) really used the originals on anything but um you know i i have to look into what tracks are in the uh switch version but you know 10 bucks it's probably a pretty easy recommendation. Um, and speaking of around 10 bucks and easy recommendation, you have 
Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic for $11.24 or 25% off. And KOTOR is, if, you, if you've somehow, someway not heard of it in any way, shape, or form, basically Knights of the Old Republic is the game that put Bioware on the map for a lot of people. And, um, you know, this one, it's based on the mobile version. And I, I played it on the original Xbox, and it's basically like a real-time action RPG, but you can also pause the action and, you know, tell your characters what moves you want to do. And I remember staying up until, God, I want to say it was like 3 o'clock in the morning trying to finish that one time. And it's basically one of the best Star Wars stories outside of the actual Star Wars franchise. And for it to be just 11 bucks and 24 cents. If you are a fan of Star Wars to any degree, grab it. You will not regret it. I just hope they fix that giant banner at the top. That's about the only thing that I'd say would be a negative with this. You know, I actually pre-ordered the physical version through Limited Run, so I'll probably see it by this time next year. And last up for the digital deals is a whopping 90% off Red Faction Guerrilla Remarstered again, uh, uh, edition. <laughs> Try saying that three times fast. And um, let's see, this was a first-person shooter, I want to say. And and the Red Faction games were were kind of trailblazers back in the PS2 era for destructible environments. I remember playing Red Faction 1 on the PS2, and I you could just blow as many holes in this one cave for the opening level as you wanted. And it was one of like those earlier senses of freedom in gaming type things, at least in the 3D era. It's like when you started getting like kind of like a feel for what the future of gaming was going to be like. And even though the game was like, okay, I remember selling it at some point, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like looking back on it, it's like it was really way ahead of its time. And, you know, you see stuff like Crisis do things with destructible environments. And, um, you know, it's you, you, it's one of those things where you can kind of go back and look at Red Faction and say that probably had a thing or two to do with it. So, um, yeah, $3 for this is probably a, a steal <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to put it it's a steal um, yeah I mean you you really can't do much better on that one Moving on, we have the must-have title of the week. One title that I pick at random for whatever reason. Maybe I've been playing it. Maybe I just got it, and I'm really excited and I want you to play it, which is kind of the case with this one. This is uh, Death Smiles 1 and 2, and this is available on the Switch and PlayStation 4. And if you are unfamiliar with Death Smiles, it is basically this weird unusual Halloween themed bullet hell shmup from the from the gods of bullet hell shmups cave and it's themed around Halloween you have these gothic lolita witches 
flying through the air and blasting everything in sight with a familiar trailing behind them. And it's, you know, if you've never played a bullet hell shmup, it's basically going to beat the hell out of you. <laughs> Emphasis on the name bullet hell. You know, Death Smiles 1 plus 2 compiles uh, both Death Smiles 1 and 2, as the name would imply. And these games have not seen a release on consoles since the Xbox 360, I believe. And um, I picked these up. These are $39.99. Um, $39.99 together. And there's also some $25 character and music DLC with it. Um, I haven't picked that up yet, but quite frankly, if you don't, you're basically just getting the exact same experience with Death Smiles and uh, 1 and 2 that you would have always had with these things. Um, you, you, it's not one of those things where it's like you see the characters and, oh, you can't select it. At least, at least not that I can tell. And, um, you know, basically the, the theme for the second one, it, like the, the theme for the first one is Halloween. So you have this, you know, crazy Halloween nightmare themed uh, bullet hell shmup for that one. And then for the second one, it was themed around Christmas. And you're basically chasing Satan Claus. <laughs> Yeah, if, if, if you laughed out loud hearing that name, then you can probably kind of guess that this is going to be up your alley. Well, if you like shmups, that is. It, it, you, at least you'll like the sense of humor of it. And, um, you know, this is one of those things where it's, it's digital only in America. Uh, I think Strictly Limited Games is doing the physical release, and the physical release they are doing has the DLC with the game itself. Um, you can also get the uh, Japanese or Asian region uh, region versions, and those I think have English as well. But I don't know about the DLC being included with that. Buy it for the first one, and if you like the second one with its 3D graphics, which you know some people like, other people don't. It's you know kind of a personal preference type thing. At 40 bucks, it's absolutely worth it. Death smiles at us all, lollies smile back. Last up on today's episode is maybe something that I should have put first, just as kind of like a casual get-the-ball-rolling type, uh, type, type of a topic, and that is pickups. My own personal pickups, and it's been... Quite a big week for pickups, and I mean that both literally and figuratively. I mentioned earlier that I picked up an arcade one up, and that being NBA Jam. Being a child of the 90s, I loved NBA Jam, as many kids did, uh, because it made the sport of basketball fun and entertaining, to e even to somebody that is not too big into team sports outside of baseball. You know, with this one, with this particular version that I got, uh, it is the top of the line for the NBA Jam cabinet. And this one has a light-up marquee, a light-up deck protector, which is, I, I believe this was the first one to use that. I could be wrong. And it included the NBA Jam branded stool. 
And the stool alone goes for about $80, you know, at retail. And um, I, I think they had a version of NBA Jam that was $3.99, didn't have the lit marquee, didn't have the light-up deck protector, and I, it might have had the riser with it, the NBA Jam riser. But this one was basically the best of everything Arcade 1-Up and NBA Jam all in one package. And Best Buy had this for $220 off from the retail price, which it's still, it's still pricey at $329. But when, you, when you've seen as many Arcade 1-Ups you know, come and go out there as I have, because I've really been paying attention to this brand, Three twenty nine for something that does everything that the NBA Jam cabinet does, which includes free online play, NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, and NBA Hang Time, which I think I think that the last time I played that was on the Nintendo sixty four. I mean, when you have all of these things in there, the branded riser, I mean, all of that for three twenty nine, that is by pre pandemic pre. Um, supply chain issues arcade one up standards a great great deal on it and it's like i've always had it in my head that if i saw the nba jam cabinet for a decent price i'd finally pull the trigger on it and i i must admit you know these things are a lot of money i really did not want to spend as much on it as i did but fomo's a mofo so i did it I ended up taking pictures of me building the cabinet and tweeting them over on Twitter at, at Blue Swim, my uh, personal account, not to be confused with the show accounts at FOMO's Amofo. Um, and you know, I, it's like I just sat there all afternoon. I built the riser first. You know, I tested out the electronics, built the cabinet, built the stool. I'm just doing this, and I'm marathoning uh, Teen Titans on Blu-ray and. And, you know, it's it was just a very relaxed day. You know, these things are not all that hard to put together. Uh, you know, I remember the first time I built one, I was just so dreadfully afraid I was going to mess it up somehow. And, you know, in, in all actuality, I didn't. It, it, you know, I was, I was careful about it. And if you're careful about these things, if you pay attention to the directions, you're probably not going to screw much up. Just... You know, hand tighten everything. Don't use like an electric drill that could possibly mess up some of the wood. These things are fun to build. You know, it's a it like I said, it's a relaxing experience. Um, you know, and the end result just looks phenomenal. You know, I have it situated in a corner, and you know, it's like angled in there, so it's like all four control um, control spots are just readily accessible. The screen looks great on it. it. You know, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, if this was the last arcade one up that I'm going to buy in the current era, then you know I'm good with it because it's an amazing cabinet. You know, if you can get an arcade one up for relatively cheap, like I said, I've been able to find find them clearanced out for seventy four dollars at some point, and then, and I know some people have gotten even cheaper than that. I think fifty or so. I mean, if you can get that and you have the room for it, grab it. These things are neat, and if nothing else, they're a great display piece to have in your game room, your basement, your hangout, your wherever. 
Next, as far as uh, my pickups go, are two things I actually got today, and I haven't spent any time with them whatsoever. But um, I found over at um, uh, Five Below, which has video games on rare occasions, and I found Borderlands 3 for the PS4, which I actually had the uh, the Steelbook for already because Best Buy was clearancing them out for $3, I want to say. And I thought, eh, it looks neat. You know, if I get the game over at Five Below, because I had heard some people had found it there. I mean, why not? So now I have the game itself. I've heard not so great things about it, but I figure at five bucks, I'm not going to get that hurt on it. I mean, I figure with the way my backlog is half the time, I probably won't get around the planet until like 2027 anyways. So why not? And uh, the other title, the last uh, pickup I had, was actually Monkey King Hero is Back. And this one I know absolutely nothing about besides what it says on the back of it, and I actually have it right here. And it's basically, it's like kind of based on the classic Chinese legend of Journey to the West, which um, was also the uh, inspiration for Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. Um, and it looks like... I mean, it almost looks like it's like a licensed, um, like a licensed 3D animated movie game, but I don't think it is. It's from THQ Nordic, and uh, it's got you know kind of a family friendly art style to it. Um, like I said, I, I haven't spent any time with it whatsoever, but you know the cover art looks great. You know you can't you can't beat. Uh, you know something like the journey journey to the west because i think that was also the inspiration for uh sayuki sayuki on the ps1 and i remember that being like an expensive uh ps1 jrpg and uh, i think i stumbled on it at a goodwill for like 99 cents or three dollars or something like that it wasn't a lot but you know, whenever when I heard Journey to the West, I thought, okay, you know, I have a relatively decent idea what to expect from it, so I'll give it a shot. I mean, at five bucks, it's hard to argue with. Well, I think that is about going to do it for my very first episode of FOMO's Amofo. Please subscribe to the show on your podcasting platform of choice uh share the show with a friend that would help me out big time this is new it's grassroots i'm gonna need all the help i can get with this and i'm gonna do my best to you know get the show to where it needs to be um be sure to follow the show on twitter at fomos amofo f-o-m-o-s-a-m-o-f-o or you can follow my personal account at Blue Swim, and um, I'll keep the sh- the FOMO's and Mofo account strictly to FOMO's and Mofo. And for everything else, check out my Twitter. Check out at Blue Swim. I want to thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Give me some creative, constructive feedback, and I will see you next time.